Things with Wings Productions presents episode 10 of the Skylark Bell Wingspan. I'm your host, Melissa Oliveri. In our previous episode, Magpie and Lucas explored the local Lark Festival, where Magpie draws a parallel between the carousel and the Ouroboros. In today's episode, we read chapter 10, Night Magic, in which Magpie, Lucas, Manon, and Alfred enjoy a dinner on the patio. A perfect evening, if not for an unsettling vision that comes to Magpie. Now, it's time to get settled in, grab a blanket, a warm drink, and let's get started. Oh, Lucas, everything looks absolutely perfect, breathes Magpie, stepping back to admire their handiwork. They've spent most of the day turning the very ordinary patio at Carnifex House into a small outdoor haven. Lucas worked all week building flower boxes that are now overflowing with pink and yellow blooms. Then he and Magpie installed rows of string lights above the patio. Magpie found an outdoor lounge set on sale at Craig's Odds and Ends and recovered the cushions with yellow fabric to match the flowers. Manon and Alfred gifted them a pair of rocking chairs, which Lucas repainted a cool, dusky shade of green. One last thing, says Lucas, bringing over a small fire pit and a bundle of firewood. The nights are getting cooler now. I thought this would make a nice addition, he explains. Genius, nice work, says Magpie. Bonjour, they hear Manon's voice drifting on the wind as she and Alfred come walking through the field from the caretaker's cottage. Alfred, is that a guitar? asks Magpie, greeting them both warmly with a hug and traditional kiss on each cheek. I made him bring it. He'll never admit it, but Alfred is a wonderful musician, says Manon. Lucas, this is phenomenal craftsmanship, says Alfred, taking the attention off himself by focusing closely on Lucas's flower boxes. Thank you. I've never really built anything like this before. They turned out better than I thought they would, says Lucas. You're being modest. You're a natural. I have seen men with far more experience build things of far lesser quality, says Alfred, giving Lucas a friendly pat on the back. I've got desserts and drinks ready to go. Please make yourselves comfortable, says Magpie, gesturing toward the couch. Alfred and Manon sit next to one another, taking in the beauty of the small outdoor oasis. Do you need a hand bringing things out? asks Lucas. Nope, I've got it all on a tray ready to go. I'll be right back, says Magpie, walking toward the back door. She lets herself into the kitchen and grabs a few napkins printed with pink and yellow flowers, tucking one under each plate before grabbing both handles of the rustic wooden tray. Out of nowhere, The sound of chatter rises from behind the closed door leading to the dining room. Carefully putting the tray back on the counter, Magpie tiptoes to the door, but stops short of opening it, her shaking hand hovering above the doorknob. She can hear animated voices on the other side coming in bursts. I told her not to go into the woods, says a woman. Spells and fairies and magic, it's all hogwash, a man's voice cuts in. People don't just vanish, says another man, his voice raised. Who are these people? How did they get in? 
and what are they talking about? Magpie swallows the lump in her throat and slowly turns the knob. She pushes the door open, carefully swinging it as wide as it will go, only to find herself staring into an empty room. Blinking, she takes a tentative step into the dining room. She can smell the acrid scent of a candle, as if someone has just blown it out before leaving the room. But there's no candle in sight. You sure you don't need help? comes Lucas's voice from the back door. Magpie comes scurrying back into the kitchen and grabs the tray. Sorry, I, I got distracted, says Magpie, walking through the door which Lucas is holding open for her. Manon and Alfred ooh and ah, she hands them each a plate adorned with small cakes and pastries. They sit for a couple of hours as the sun goes down, chatting about the Sarcelles' time at Carnifex House, their son Julian, and about Magpie and Lucas's years in pocket. Perhaps I should get the fire started. It's getting a little chilly, suggests Lucas. Everyone nods in agreement. Magpie gets blankets from a storage box near the back door and hands them out as Lucas gets the fire going. Before long, they're sitting by the cozy orange glow of the flames as the string lights offer a comforting light from above. Alfred, would you play us a few songs? We'd love to hear some music, asks Magpie. Alfred reluctantly agrees and takes his guitar out of the case. He proceeds to entertain them with a string of classic French songs by Charles Aznavour, Jacques Brel, Serge Gainsbourg, and others that Magpie and Lucas aren't familiar with. His sweet voice echoing across the fields, Manon joining him for her favorite parts. Magpie and Lucas clap as the final notes disappear into the night sky. Do you know anything about the history of Carnifex House? Or the family? asks Lucas, settling back into his rocking chair after bringing the empty plates and glasses back into the house. Manon and Alfred look at one another. Magpie watches, unable to read what is going on between them. This is a land full of legends and stories, begins Alfred. What he means is, there are so many rumors and the like, it is very hard to know what is truly a historical fact and what is just an old wife's tale, interjects Manon. Well, what are some of the stories that people tell? asks Magpie, leaning forward, her curiosity piqued. Alfred and Manon exchange another look, and Manon heaves a sigh. Centuries ago, these lands are said to have been inhabited by druids. They were philosophers, teachers, some even say they were magicians, whose existence was very intricately woven with nature. They revered the trees, especially oak, which they said contained supernatural properties. They valued education and worshipped the sun, the earth, the air, the sea. They were very in tune with their surroundings and truly loved this land. Some say they could control certain forces, light, distance, time, water, wind. Others suggest they were shapeshifters, able to turn themselves into animals or even trees and rocks, interjects Alfred. And there are tales of a very powerful Bandri, a female druid named Dialange. 
To this day, people claim to see her, sometimes racing through the fields, peeking out from the woods, or standing by the cliffside. Fascinating, says Lucas, his eyes fixed on the couple as the flickering light from the fire dances across their faces. Of course, these stories have been told and retold through centuries. There haven't been druids on this land since the Romans came, so it is very likely that their lives have been misrepresented, their powers embellished and romanticized, concludes Manon, smiling. I love that idea, though, of being completely in tune with the natural world that surrounds us, says Magpie dreamily. I wish I had magical powers and could control the wind and sea or turn myself into a wild animal, says Lucas, childlike excitement in his voice. Once again, Manon and Alfred exchange a glance. Sometimes powers like those are not all they're cut out to be, she says quietly. Well, it's getting late. We should get going, says Alfred, clapping his hands on his knees. He stands and reaches for Manon's hands to pull her up from the couch. Thank you so much for the beautiful evening. We are so thankful that you are both here, adds Manon, a genuine look of gratitude on her face. The feeling is mutual, says Lucas. Magpie stands next to him, nodding in agreement. They wish one another good night, and the Sarcelles start walking back through the field into the night, headed toward the caretaker's cottage. Magpie and Lucas stand on the little patio watching the glowing embers in the fire pit as they fade and give way to darkness. Thank you so much for listening. Join me next week for Wingspan Chapter 11, The Sky Lark Bell, where Magpie returns to the Lark Festival with Manon and has a bizarre and terrifying experience. Before I go, I'd like to thank Fate and Starling Publishing for this fantastically eerie story, as well as Canal for composing eerie mood-setting music for this podcast. If you're enjoying this story, please consider leaving a rating or a review. They're both greatly appreciated. You can also follow the Skylark Bell or myself, Melissa Oliveri, on social media. All necessary links are in the show notes. It's very helpful to spread the word so more people can enjoy the story, too. If you'd like to support my work financially, you can make a donation through my podcast provider, or you can subscribe to my Patreon. Then you'll get early access to episodes, as well as MP3 downloads of all the music, and some artwork, other writing, recipes, and more. Just check the show notes for all the links. Thank you. <laughs>